You are Locked On Jets, your daily podcast on the New York Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jets. It is Tuesday, February 19th, 2017. Thanks so much for joining us today. I am John B. from gangreennation.com. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe to it. Your options include iTunes and Spotify. And please leave the show a good rating if you enjoy it. It helps us out. We appreciate it. Leave your Twitter handle, and you'll have a chance to get a free subscription to Pro Football Focus. The Locked On Podcast Network does one drawing each week for a free subscription to Pro Football Focus, all their stats and grades. So we head into week 16 of the NFL season this week, and it will not be a meaningful game this Sunday for the Jets in terms of wins or losses because the Jets, once again, have been eliminated from the playoffs. It is the seventh straight year that will be home for the postseason. And if you want to get a sense of the, the the stretch in Jets history, this is seven straight years not in the playoffs. They've only played two meaningful Week 16 games in the last seven years. There was the... Of course, infamous Christmas Eve game of 2011 against the New York Giants, where the Jets lost a really crushing game, a game that helped catapult the Giants to a Super Bowl run. And then there was the game two years ago when the Jets beat the Patriots in overtime to set up a Week 17 game against Buffalo with the playoffs on the line, Of course, which, of course, they lost. And outside of that, Five of the last seven years, the Jets have not even gotten to Week 16 alive. And that says a lot about where this stretch in franchise history. But that's where we are again, a meaningless Week 16 game, at least in terms of one lost record in terms of you know the playoff mix. On Monday, we actually Monday is actually a pretty busy news day for the Jets. Uh, lots of lots of stuff coming out. Uh, first of all, the Jets made a move on their roster. Jeremy Curley, the wide receiver who they signed before the start of the season, and it was the second stint with, stint with the team. His first stint was after the team drafted him in the fifth round of the 2011 draft. And Curley had missed five games. He missed four because he was suspended. And then the Jets did not activate him. They had an exemption, a roster exemption from the league. They allowed allowed them to carry Curley as their 54th player on their roster up till Monday. And the Jets had to make a decision on Monday. They decided well, they could have they could have activated him last week and played him on Sunday against the Saints. Decided not to. They decided to carry him as the 54th guy. Monday comes along. They have to make a decision, and they decided to waive Curley. So Curley's time with the Jets ends and. There was a, a really good tweet um, about Curly's career. It's been a kind of an odd career um, by a, a writer at Bleacher Report, and it, it had just a, a very interesting factoid about about uh, something Curly's done statistically, and that's he, he's led three, he's led his team in receiving three times. Once it was with the Jets, and uh, I'm sorry, twice it was with the Jets. And once it was with the 49ers. And listen to this. The two times he led the Jets in receiving, he had 827 yards and 523 yards. And then he led the 49ers last year with 667 yards. What a bizarre career Curly has had. Now this year, uh, Curly, again, was the guy the Jets signed before the start of the year. I think it was probably a sign that they were not confident in what they had at the receiver position. And so Curly played eight games, only 22 catches, only 217 yards, only one touchdown. So really not much of an impact for the wide receiver this year. 
few good games early in the season. He, he had a couple of big third down catches. And he had a nice game against New England. The first game the Jets played against the Patriots, he, he had a big game there, but really not much of an impact. And I think to the extent it made sense to carry Curley, that it went away. That went away after the Jets lost to the Saints and were eliminated from the playoff picture because this is not really a guy. He was kind of a scrap heap find, 29 years old. He'll be 30 next year, obviously. And this is not really a guy with a future with the Jets. The Jets have some young receivers. They drafted two, one in the third round, one in the fourth round. Chad Hansen's flashed a little bit here. and I mean, he hasn't really done a whole lot, but he's you've seen a little bit from Hansen. But it makes sense for the Jets to get a look at these guys over the last two weeks of the season, get them some experience, get them some reps. There's really no no place for a guy like Curley on a team where like where the Jets are right now. Curley might stick around. You might you might see him surface somewhere. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he pops up somewhere for a team that is in dire need of a you know a team team that gets an injury maybe. You know, the next few weeks and they need a slot guy curly would make some sense there he's a guy he's really a fill-in guy at this point of his career he's a guy you sign if you you may if you have a dire need somewhere if, especially if it's in the slot but he's a limited guy because he's only 5'9 he, he really can't play on the outside and in today's nfl it's it's become a matchup league it's you want to move guys around create matchups and if you can only play the slot and you're not even that great at the slot. It really limits what you can do as a player. It really limits your your value as a player because if you want to, move, if you're a team and you have a, a big time receiver who you want to move into the slot to create a matchup, well, this place is Curly, and Curly can't really play on the outside. Or he can't. He can't play. You know, he, he can maybe line up here or there in a pinch on the outside, but he's not really a guy you can depend on the outside. So. He's kind of a limited player. I think at this point, he's not a guy who makes sense for the Jets. Again, I wouldn't be surprised you see him surface somewhere. We'll just have to see what happens on that front. Now, in other news, um, Leonard Williams is actually in the concussion protocol. Todd Bowles uh, confirmed that in his talk with the media on Monday, which is a bit of a surprise. I did not even realize Williams left Sunday's game. I didn't realize there was anything. Maybe, maybe it happened after Sunday's game. So now Williams will have to go through the concussion protocol to be cleared to play. And I kind of wonder whether this is the end of Williams' season. And I question whether it makes a lot of sense to play, send Williams out there this coming Sunday, even if he clears it. I think you want to send him into the offseason with a clean bill of health. You don't want to mess around with concussions. And I mean, I'm not a doctor, so I, I don't want to speak too too extensively on this topic because you know, I don't want to be like that guy who stayed at the Holiday Inn last night, you know, uh, professing medical knowledge that I don't really have. But I think it, it, you know, at this point of the year, it probably makes sense to be extra cautious with Williams. You don't want to mess around with anything. You want him going into the offseason healthy. I don't know for a guy like Williams. See, I, I, I view I view it different. I view these last two games different for guys like Chad Hansen or Darius Stewart, the two receivers we were talking about. Then I do a guy like Williams. Those two guys need some experience. They need to get game reps at, at game, reps at game speed. So you want to get those guys a look. You know, do you want to get those guys into the lineup? A guy like Williams has developed. He, you know, he's a player. He's a very good player. He's a star level guy. I don't think these last two games are really going to mean a whole lot for him in terms of his development. Maybe he can put up some more numbers. You know, maybe stuff like that. I'm sure he wants to play. He's a competitor. You know, he's a guy who's always wanted to be on the field, but. At this point of the season, I, and it's different if the Jets are in the playoff mix. If the Jets are still alive, even if they have very slight hopes, I, I could see putting him out there this Sunday. But I think you want to be extra careful with Williams. And then there's also the 
reality when you're near the end of the season. You see teams, especially teams out of the playoff race, if, if you can go either way on a guy, sometimes you'll stick him on injured reserve. Because when you stick a guy on injured reserve, what it allows you to do is sign another player to you. It takes that guy off your roster. It allows you to sign another guy, maybe a guy you like off your practice squad, a guy who you think has a little bit of potential. And the reason you do that is because once the season ends, the practice squad's over, those guys become free agents, whereas guys on your active roster are still under contract for you until free agency begins, until the end of the league year. And in some cases, in most, most of the cases on the practice squad, actually, you have exclusive rights to those players if they end the season on your roster instead of the practice squad. So, you know, if you can... I don't know if it's cheating the system, but if you can play the system a little bit, you know, put a guy on injured reserve, that give, that opens up an extra roster spot where you can make sure a guy stays under your control. Now, in a practical sense, this usually, this doesn't really have a major impact because, first of all, practice squad guys, most of them really don't pan out to be anything. And second of all, if a guy's on your practice squad, odds are pretty good you're going to be able to re-sign him anyway, but just a little edge you can give yourself and... So we'll we'll see what the Jets do with Williams. Now Bowles, this was in, this one was interesting. Todd Bowles. There's there's other news, and it's not so much what was said as much as what wasn't said. And uh, so he was. Todd Bowles was asked about Muhammad Wilkerson. He was asked a number of questions about Wilkerson. Wilker, first of all, he said he's in the building today. And then Bowles was asked, "Will Wilkerson play Sunday against the Chargers?" And he said, "I didn't say that. He's in the building today. We're working on things." And uh, the next question is, will Wilkerson practice? We'll see. And it's an internal thing. It's an internal thing. We're still work, working through some things, and we'll go from there. And then he, they kept following up, and Bowles really was not giving up anything. He just kept saying, he was asked if Wilkerson will be held out. He answered, it's an internal thing. We haven't worked everything out yet. We'll work through them, and we'll let you guys know, we know if we make a decision. And uh, well, we'll factor into that decision. It's an internal thing. <laughs> So uh, and, uh, <laughs> people asked, <laughs> and this, this just went on. They, Bowles was actually asked, what goes into an internal decision? Internal means internal. <laughs> Can you clarify what internal means? It's not meant for you to know. When we make a decision, we'll let you guys know. So Bowles was not really tipping his hand on this. But it was interesting because it's interesting from the standpoint of what was not said. Because if, if the Jets were going to play Wilkerson... If the Jets were dead set on playing Wilkerson, Wilkerson, they would have said it. They would have said Wilkerson was playing. Now, we still may see Wilkerson this coming weekend, but Bowles would not commit to that. And I think that that's interesting because I, I think that's interesting. And I think there are a couple things that may play into it for the Jets. Is, well, first of all, we don't know what the situation is because, again, this has been, we know this has been an ongoing issue, Wilkerson being late for team events, you know, important mandatory team events. And that's been ongoing, and this twice this year it's happened. Twice this year, first he gets sat sat down for a quarter against the Chiefs, and it's twice recently. And then, of course, he he's benched. I mean, he doesn't even travel with the team to New Orleans uh, for Sunday's game. And then you have the scenario. You know, you go back last year, he had to be benched for a quarter. Two years ago, he had to be benched for a quarter against the Giants late late season, big late late season game. So this has been an ongoing thing with Wilkerson, and you wonder whether at this point the Jets have just had enough. Now we know Wilkerson is not going to be on the team next year. I mean, it's very unlikely. He's just played his way off this team. You know, he's the, he's a guy making a lot of money. He's a guy who's he's going to take up a tremendous cap hit if he's still on this team next year. The Jets are going to have to release him after the season because it's just he's, he's going to cost too much. He's going to cost superstar-level money for a guy who, at this point, really is not even 
he's not even a quality player. I mean, he's not he's not a quality starter at this point. It's really really tough to believe the degree to which he has fallen off for this team. But th- there's another issue here, and that's my understanding is that his deal is he's he's due guaranteed money if his contract is. My understanding is his contract is guaranteed for injury. So that means if he suffers a catastrophic injury, Jets are on the hook for the for the for the uh, for the contract. So right now, as of right now, what the Jets the Jets can actually create some cap space by letting Wilkerson go. Um, if he's cut next year, they're going to deal. He's he's like a twenty million dollar cap hut hit next year. If they cut him, they get rid of eleven million of that. So he's still going to count for nine million against the cap, which is. Pretty ugly stuff. I mean, that's you're going to get nine million dollars for him to not be on the team against your cap, but uh, his salary next year and it's it's a it's a doozy. It's a uh, sixteen point seven five million dollars. My understanding is that it's guaranteed for injury. So that means if he suffers a catastrophic injury, he the Jets will be on the hook for that, and that's just not a situation that is tenable for this team and you look at the last two weeks of the season what do you have here you have two games that really don't mean anything for this team you have a player who frankly seems disinterested a player who you're not even sure wants to play because he keeps missing meetings does it really make sense for him to suit up and i think that plays into it. i think first of all this is a business decision jets can't i mean why would you risk putting this guy out there potentially getting hurt and then being on the hook for that salary in meaningless games that's first of all and second of all and I, I can speak to the second aspect a little less, but there is the accountability issue where maybe you can send a message to your team that it doesn't matter if you're doesn't matter if you're the highest paid player on the team. If you can't show up to meetings on time, you're going to sit. And I think that maybe that sends a good message. So it doesn't really make sense for the Jets to play Wilkerson anymore. Wilkerson, for his part, and I'm not, I'm speaking just as an outsider. I mean, I don't know what, what's going on in the building, but I mean, the Jets have told you that they feel like he's, you know, he's missing meetings. He's, there's a reason he was deactivated for Sunday. There's a reason he didn't travel. There's a reason he sat that first quarter against the Chiefs. Is just a guy who doesn't seem interested anymore. So best for all parties would be. I, I mean, Williams, you could see. The, look, if Williams is given a clean bill of health, I understand he's going to be want to be on the field, and you can you can understand why they'd play him. Wilkerson, there's no way he should be he should set foot on the field. He doesn't seem like he's interested, and it makes no sense for the Jets. Jets are just taking on unnecessary risk for a guy they got to get they got to get out of this contract. They got to cut him and save the eleven million dollars. They can't risk getting uh, stuck with that deal. So that's where we are. Thanks for tuning in today. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast. I, of course, am John B. from gangreennation.com. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to it. Your options include iTunes and Spotify. And please leave the show a good rating. We appreciate it. It helps us out. Leave your Twitter handle, by the way, and you'll have a chance to win a free subscription to Pro Football Focus. Hope your Tuesday is excellent. We'll be back again on Wednesday to talk some more.